Today, I'm feeling great. What you sipping on, bitch? Girl, I'm sipping on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of beer is that? Oh my god, this is my fucking favorite craft little beer um, by Mother Earth Brew Co. This is Cali Creamin. It's a craft beer that tastes like a creamsicle. Girl, Ooh. I live. It's so good. Cali Creamin? Cali Creamin is like the, like the flavor or whatever. Um, but wait, yeah, so they're... Wait, I'm so confused. Wasn't that... Or did they name that after you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Cali Cream Pie. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yes, it's different. Yes. Yeah, different, different <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, so what are you sipping on over there, girl? Miss thing, I am sipping. <laughs> I'm sipping on Lagunitas Hi-Fi hops. Oh, now shit. there isn't any alcohol in this. Nope. May I add, it is a cannabis-infused sparkling water with a blast of THC. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna get higher than a mother Tucker tonight. I hope so. It helps me sleep. Does I'm it? Loving it. Well, yeah, don't fall I've asleep been now. Taking edibles and smoking before before. Yesterday, I was disoriented in my bed. I was like, oh my god, it's all dark. And I was like, <laughs> am I facing south or west? <laughs> oh my god. Not, not south or west, as if those are your only two options. <laughs> and actually, my head faces north. What a dumb bitch. <laughs> wow, yeah, you are really fucked up. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, so oh I'm god. Jake. I'm Frankie. (laughs) And welcome to Fear the Talking Queers. Hey, we are so excited to be here. I, this is the highlight for me every week. Oh yeah, I look forward to this every week just to get on the phone and talk to my favorite girl. And we, uh, we just chatted up about our favorite scary movies. And I'm very excited to do that this week. Yes, me too. This week we are doing 2004's dawn of the dead the remake that everyone's been talking about (laughs) the remake on everybody's lips (laughs) this actually is considered one of the best horror remakes amongst horror audiences i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's what i keep reading yeah i mean it looks like everybody seems to like this one the imdb scores at a 7.3 which that's pretty good That's pretty good. That's pretty solid. And in honor of doing a movie about zombies, first of all, have we ever done a zombie movie? Of course. Literally, no. We have not. Like, right? I don't think we have. Stop. Well, we kind of talked about 30 Days a Night, like the vampires sort of being like zombies, but I don't think we've ever done a zombie movie. We've never fully done a zombie movie. Why do you think that is? Do you think that we are like like opposed to zombie movies is there like a i think it might be that there is a little lack of camp 
in most of them. But maybe uh, that's not true. Maybe we just avoided the campy ones. Because now that I think a bit about it, there are plenty of campy ones. It's Zombieland. Zombieland, I mean, Planet Terror, um, Warm Bodies. Like, there's plenty of campy zombie movies. There are. I wonder why it took us so long. Maybe it's just not really ever a... Yeah, maybe not as sexy. Maybe we like sexier horror movies. Vampires and witches and killers. Zombies are not sexy. No, they are not. They're I've gross. I've yet to see one. Yeah, exactly. I've never seen a hot zombie. Except for Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hot. Yeah, um. except for a Sherry Moon zombie. Okay, well then, to give this a go for the first time here after the Talking Queers doing a zombie movie, I think that we need to give our listeners a special treat for this one. Okay, we are giving you guys today the official FTTQ Guide to Surviving a Zombie Apocalypse. Yes! Okay, so, uh, yeah, we're going to break it down into a few things, like a few little categories, and let you know how we would survive. Absolutely. Step one, where to go? Where are the best places that Frankie and Jake can think to go in case of a zombie apocalypse? Um, so, I mean, the one that everybody always says is Costco. Oh, Costco that's a is a idea. good one. It's a big ass warehouse, lots of supplies. You can survive on the food for a hot minute. There's a pharmacy, usually, for medicinal purposes. Um, yes. You know, plenty of things to use for weapons. You know, they have really, really um, hard baguettes that you can use in the bakery. <laughs> Leave those out for a few days. Shit, you'll be cracking heads left and right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, much like the movie we're doing this week, I've always thought the mall because <laughs> there's a food court with like different varieties of food. Oh, I know. Right? Imagine just enjoying some Mongolian barbecue. Sabaro. Like Taco Bell. Give me a break. Food court. Clothes. You can play dress up. There's always something to do. I'm uh, yeah. Good luck finding me zombies when I'm in a new outfit every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't recognize me, did you? And there are different types of beds, comforters, blankets. There's uh plenty of supplies if you have like a Sears like store, Best Buy, um, yeah. salons are sometimes in malls. Oh thank God. I also thought that it would be really clever to be, like, in a really nice airport. Oh, why? Yeah, that's, I mean, airports are pretty much just malls, too. Malls. <laughs> yeah, food shops. Or, you know, like a resort. Yeah, where there's a nice pool. Oh, my God. After a day of slaying zombies, I just want to get in the hot tub and chill out. Yeah, and they usually have spas and jacuzzis, steam rooms, saunas. Yes, exactly. And sometimes those steam rooms are so foggy, I can't see anybody. So I can't imagine zombies would find me. No. At a resort, you have to imagine that they also have like high-end cuisine. So if you hit oh, up yes. the kitchen... I'm sure there's plenty. Oh, also, they're very exclusive. Like, you have to have a wristband to get in, so no zombies are going to get in if they're not on the list. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, I think what we're trying to say is find somewhere with windows, shops, and food. Yes, that's and medicine, I think. Yes. There's a first aid in every store at the mall. 
Oh, there has yeah. to be. It's part of like HR rules, right? It's like OSHA or something. I just want to make sure that I have windows because I'm just thinking how depressing it would be like already zombie apocalypse. But yeah. then to be like in an attic or a basement with no windows. Oh no. my God. No, absolutely not. There's nothing for my complexion. No, I know. There needs to be rooftop access. So I think <laughs> some of the suggestions that we gave have that <laughs> so yeah. that we can get our yes. vitamin D. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go on to the next category. What to bring, essentials, supplies, etc. Oh my god. Okay. Number one. Start clothes. SPF. Oh. Well, they kind of work the same. They block the sun. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to protect yourself from that sun. You know, you're probably going to be walking for miles looking for, you know, the next camp or civilization. You don't want sunspots. You don't want sunburns, peeling skin. Right. Definitely not. So definitely clothes and SPF. I also said a razor because it's important to like stay groomed. You need soap to stay clean. An apocalypse is no excuse to let yourself go. (laughs) absolutely not i brushed my teeth every day during covid unlike some of y'all and i also stayed cutting my hair even though i wasn't getting it done at a barbershop i do it myself oh yeah yeah exactly find a razor with like an electric razor you can put batteries in oh my gosh because there's probably gonna be no electricity but you gotta stay trimmed and ready absolutely and when you get the battery operated ones they vibrate so what you can do after that is you can stick it up your ass (laughs) Because there's not going to be much dick around either. Oh, my God. (laughs) And do you know what? When I have less hair, I'm way more aerodynamic, so I can definitely run faster. Yeah. If I have enough room in my caravan at that point, I would also bring my TV, my Blu-ray player, my movies, my phone, my my laptop. My mic. Yeah. We'd have to still keep going on for the oh, talking queers. Yeah. People would need a distraction from what's going on in the world. And people need to hear. People need to know the truth. And who better to give the <laughs> truth to you than us? Absolutely. We're, we would be the number one news source if a zombie apocalypse ever hit. People trust our word, yeah. Forget all those other news, quote unquote, stations. We are the only authority on a yeah. zombie apocalypse. Absolutely. Don't forget to bring some games, too, like a deck of cards, dominoes, Uno Flip, Ugh. conversation starters. Heads up. Ugh, what Time flies. But also, you have to keep that mind sharp, right? And games can really do that for you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You need something to, <laughs> to stimulate your mind and um, also you, your body, you know? Bring something yes. to exercise with. A jump rope. Absolutely. So good for cardio and also for strangulation. Okay, so what to eat. Food choices to keep yourself alive and maintain your energy. Okay, <clears throat> number one, filet mignon. Of course. <laughs> With steamed broccoli and asparagus. Uh, oh my God, Absolutely. Brussels sprouts. Ooh, a little balsamic. Delish. Maybe grow some kale in a nearby, like, dirt. Dirt pile. Dirt yeah. pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're going to need that. Like, And the darker, the better, because the darker the kale, the better it is to cleanse the blood, which is going to be important. Yeah, absolutely. Also, don't forget to bring plenty of coffee. You know, it's really yes. good to stay alert. But also, if you rub coffee grounds on yourself, you're not going to be seen by the zombies. You're going to look like a pile of dirt. Um, I put Coke Zero, actually. Mm. You know, no calories, but the caffeine I need to like keep myself going, yeah, and, and alert running. and aware. Yeah. But cocaine can do that too. Cocaine, yeah. zero, Coke Zero, whatever. Do you think we should bring water? 
whatever. You need it. It's essential. But honestly, like, you can get it anywhere. Yeah, water grows on trees, so. And we have plenty of it. <laughs> um, next category, what to wear. How to curate an appropriate wardrobe given the unfortunate circumstances. Okay, first things first, bandanas. They look badass and they're super cute. And you can wear them on your head or as a top. You can definitely do that. You can also use it to tie around limbs in case an injury occurs. Definitely multi-purpose. Yeah, you can stop a bleeding wound or you can put it around your breasts so they don't jump around while you're running. <laughs> Which reminds me, running. Um, I would say if you're going to bring any shoes, bring boots, especially Doc Martens. I love mine. They're steel-toed. They're slip resistant. Or, you know, a pair of Nikes. Why not? You can run. You can be aerodynamic. You can hop like a gazelle over a massive pile of dead bodies. See, if you're wearing Doc Martens, you can just squash them underneath your big heavy foot. A bitch will never catch you slipping and sliding <laughs> around that mall. Okay, denim. It looks good, it's durable, and it'll last a long time. Yeah, make sure it's like a light wash though, like a dark wash is gonna you know, get really hot in the sun. Make sure some pre-cut holes are in them, just for, you know, airflow, it's really important. That always is in fashion, it's always in style. So in. <laughs> It's so in. <laughs> then last but not least, I'm going to say cargo pants. Lots of pockets. You could put your phone. You could put your gun. You could put your hunting knife. They're basically like purses. Oh, yeah. Pants purses. Okay. We have to talk about the most important thing. Save the best for last, right? How to defend yourself. Weapons, running, fighting, hiding. So, okay. This is probably the one time it's appropriate to have a gun. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Pearl pearl handle that's always really nice Ooh, and you can put little charms on the, on the handle like romeo and juliet oh how gorgeous or like a little oh like my God. a rabbit's foot for good luck oh absolutely you're gonna need it yes can you imagine how badass you would look with the pearl handled gun that is like in that paisley etching like Ooh. on the metal part gorgeous and like a virgen de guadalupe like charm hanging from the back and then Stunning. you have your bandana your flannel, your denim booty shorts, your Doc Martens, shooting zombies. Wow. We just curated the number one outfit for zombie slaying. Absolutely. If you don't have a gun available, I guess I would say bring something like a machete, a machete, uh, sports equipment, a baseball bat, a tennis racket. Yes. A croquet mallet. Skis? Uh, yeah. Okay, this is why I say go to the mall, because a lot of malls have Dick's Sporting Goods attached to them. Excuse me? The Sporting Goods store. Dick's. Oh. Yes, Dick's, Dick's, Dick's. Yes, Dick's. Dick's, 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 Dick's. But honestly, the best like advice I can give for like actually defending yourself against a zombie is just running away. Is have fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that hit every... Thing that we could cover as far as surviving a zombie apocalypse. I think if you follow that regimen, stick to those rules, get those supplies, you'll definitely die. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That gets us to our movie this week, which is the post-apocalyptic <laughs> remake 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Yes, this is famed director Zack Snyder's first movie. Yes, and also written by, this blew my mind, by James Gunn, who's had incredible success since then with <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Suicide Squad movies. But who knew that his origins were, this isn't his first movie, obviously, but 
um, you know, he wrote this movie. And before this, he had written Scooby-Doo. <laughs> he is given the credit for being the writer on this film, but he actually left the production early on and more writers had to come in and finish the work because he left production to do a Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> wow. I mean... Also, I think he might have succumbed to the pressure because he wrote on Twitter that he was getting angry feedback and even death threats from fans of the 1978 film um, as they didn't want the Scooby-Doo writer fucking with their, you know, cherished movie. Which is ridiculous because Scooby-Doo is a classic. <laughs> Yeah, you should be so lucky to visit Spooky Island. This is finally a movie I can say that I watched in theaters. You're always saying that. I probably haven't seen this movie fully until I watched it this week. Oh my (laughs) god. I was 12 when this movie came out, and I went to the movie theaters. It was me and my aunt, who, she's young too. She was 14 at the time. It's a long story. We're only a year and a half apart. But um, we snuck into this movie at the theater, and I remember it being, like, really intense and scary. And I think she added to the scariness of it because... She was like, you know, mortified at scary movies. And so she made it all the more worse, like jumping up and running out the theater, you know, all, all dramatic. But I honestly think it's it's very fitting that this is our first zombie movie on the show because I actually think this is the first movie that introduced me to the zombie subgenre. Aside from Michael Jackson's thriller, of course. Uh, that's probably my introduction too. Yeah. And Billy Butcherson. But also this opened my eyes to the original movies and the world of George A. Romero. Yes. Love it. All right. Well, let's just get into it then. This is Dawn of the Dead. Hell is overflowing. And Satan is sending his dead to us. When there is no more room in hell, the dead... Dawn of the Dead, released in 2004, written by James Gunn, directed by Zack Snyder. Our movie begins with Anna, played by Sarah Polly, a nurse who has just finished a long shift at her Milwaukee County Hospital and returns to her peaceful suburban home. She and her waiting husband, Louie... Is that Lewis? Uh, I think she says Lewis. All right. She and her husband, Lewis, played by Justin... Lewis? Justin Louie? <laughs> no, that's Louie. <laughs> oh my god, who the fuck knows? Whatever. They make love and go to sleep. Missing warnings beginning to trickle through the local media concerning a mysterious and rapidly spreading contagion which turns its infected hosts into reanimated flesh-eating ghouls. The next morning, they are awoken by their zombified neighbor, a young girl named Vivian who bites Louie in the throat. Anna knocks Vivian out of the room, but despite her frantic efforts, Louie dies. When Anna unsuccessfully attempts to call 911 for help, Louie immediately awakens as a reanimated zombie and chases Anna into the bedroom. Anna escapes out the bathroom window and flees from her now chaos-torn neighborhood in her car before a failed hijacking attempt sends her crashing into a tree. The opening credits roll, showing the worldwide collapse of human civilization. Okay, so I don't know who else contributed to the script, but this may have something to do with some weird inconsistencies in which I'll point out at the end of the movie. But for me, it starts here with Anna being the lead, right? Okay, so let's just put that <laughs> into our head. I'll come. I'll circle back actually at the at the end of the last section that we read. Yeah. So Anna is but this yes. incredibly uncharismatic white woman. <laughs> She is our our heroine, I guess, that we are following. Exactly. And I'm not sure I'm buying Miss Polly's performance in this 
opening, oh. girl. She's not a good actress in this movie, in the least bit. And I know they said this was a, a different tone for her. Usually she does these, like, you know, quiet, independent dramatic, films. independent films. And she went into this, like, her agents were surprised that she took this role, as I would be, because she wasn't good <laughs> at it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I did write in my notes, like, oh, Anna's funny. Only because she's like her dialogue is kind of funny when she's like trying to leave work early and she's kind of kind of being a little sassy. But I think with a right. different actress, like it would have been even better. It would have been better. I would have these lines would have hit funnier, or they would have, you know. And she's like, yes, I agree. She seems like she's sort of like reading the script. Yes, it's like, it's like high school play acting or something. Yes, just, no offense to this woman, but. <laughs> for me I'm sure she does well in other movies that I haven't seen but for me this performance is a fucking F for fail <laughs> I mean this opening though I think is very strong um, as, aside from her performance I think her you know just establishing the suburban life that she's lead, she's lead, living and then it all suddenly goes she's haywire. I was she's slipping. Um, <laughs> you know, the the neighbor comes in. She's zombified, which I think is a really strong moment. You know, we see this shocking prosthetic on her face, and it, you know, she suddenly her husband dies, which I never expected when I first watched this. So I was like, oh my god. I mean, yeah, th- that is pretty shocking. Yeah, like she. And at first, I I don't know. I must have not been paying attention. I was like, oh my god, her that's her daughter. Her daughter's also a zombie. But I realized, oh, it's the neighbor. <laughs> And I was like, wow, this really sucks for her. But it's just her husband who dies. But I will say that her husband has a fat ass from that from that shower scene. Ooh. I was like, damn. I was like, if I were a zombie, I know exactly what I'd be biting first. <laughs> Rump roast. Rump roast. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Anna, she moves on very quickly, we'll, as we'll find out. Yeah. But, you know, he chases her into this bathroom and she's tugging away at the fucking window <laughs> and i'm like if you don't unlock that window honestly some choices that are put into this movie that the characters make are very typical horror movie does it work well yes it does it works well every time but unlock the window yeah it incites participation yeah from you the audience you're like open the window open the window we all we all believe that in these situations that we would be smarter than these people on screen. And who knows? Maybe that's true, but also maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe not if you're be. so stressed, you know, you can't even process how that you have to open the window. I don't know. I would probably just do like the neighbor did when she's driving away from her house and she's seeing the chaos unfolding in the neighborhood. There's this one scene yeah. where the neighbor is standing outside and this blood curdling Wilhelm scream comes out. Oh yeah, Wilhelm scream. I was like, not I literally wrote down Wilhelm scream. Yes, number Hilarious. one. That's like the first one that they ever recorded. <laughs> That's it. I think it's in the original Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. It's in all of them. Yeah, the first piece of audio to ever grace the, the silver, silver screen. screen. <laughs> From the silent era into the <laughs> it was just a Wilhelm scream. It was that one. But I think the opening is great. I think Zack Snyder uh, did a great job orchestrating this chaos, which he does in every movie. <laughs> he does. It's yes. always chaos, and it's always visually stunning. I'm feeling yeah. the dread. I'm feeling the panic, especially when she gets to that bus. Oh yeah, and she sees the people being ripped apart in there. 
that's always chilling to me. That imagery. That's a good. That's a, yeah. That's a definitely a good shot. Um, and there's also that really random moment where that man gets run over in front of her. Oh my god! Absurd. It's just madness, chaos. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, what is <laughs> happening? And the worst part of it all is she has to go through this, navigate through this world barefoot in pajamas. <laughs> I'm like, oh my, oh my god. god, big fucking pajamas. Ew. <laughs> And honestly, when these opening credits started, I thought that my player just stopped working and the news had turned on because this is literally what the world looks like right now. <laughs> literally. Oh, God. It's just chaos right now. These overdramatic like, explosions and things that happen, I do feel like they do add style to this movie because this one does feel a bit, a bit camp, you know, in some areas. And so, yeah. but maybe it's a little tonally inconsistent because there's other parts of this movie that don't feel like that. But for some reason, this opening feels a little campy to me, yeah. like over dramatic explosions, like that scene where that where that caught the gas station one where the, they crash and they crash into the to the diner and it just explodes. Well, that's into actually like a, a reference, I think. To yeah, it's a night, night of the living night of the dead. Living dead. Yeah, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yes, one of the characters explains that he was ha- in a diner, eating away, and that a car just slammed into the gas station and it blew up. So this is a, a like a wink, wink to the audience. So maybe they did purposefully make it that dramatic so that it could, yeah, so that maybe the audience could pick up on what they were actually seeing. Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> that's the explosion that they were talking about 60 years before this movie happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, exactly. Exactly. And then we get like this Johnny Cash song over our, our opening title sequence, which apparently was controversial. This was oh. like Zack Snyder's choice to put it in. I guess the studio didn't want it, but what's wrong with it? Whatever. Yeah, it is scary. And I actually have always loved the title sequence of this movie. So I think that Zack Snyder and that's rare. chose that's the perfect rare. choice of the song. It's it's really great. You, it's scary. Yeah, because usually title sequences are a skip. Yeah, like hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hurry up to, you know, early 2000s. Move on. I'm like, are we supposed to believe that the things in this opening title sequence are actually happening in this world? Didn't this yeah. just happen overnight? How are all these... This must News just broadcasts. be, yeah. This just must be actual footage too. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty sure this literally. is actual footage of riots and all kinds of bullshit yeah. that happens in this world. Well, all right. Well, let's get to the get to the let's get to the mall. Part. Let's get to let's it. get to the mall. <laughs> get in, loser. We're going shopping. Anna meets Kenneth, played by Daddy Ving Rames. Yes, muscles, muscles, Mm. muscles. Mustache. Stash, stash, yeah. He is a grim police sergeant whom she begins to follow. They meet three others. Jack of all trades, Michael, played by Jake Weber. Petty criminal, Andre. My husband, actually. (laughs) Played by Mackay Pfeiffer. And his pregnant wife, Luda, played by Ina Korobkina. <laughs> Korobkina. 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 I bet that's how it Korob- is. Oh, that's a good way. Korobkina. Korobkina. Kenneth explains he's traveling to Fort Pastor, a nearby U.S. Army base. But Michael informs him the route to the base is walked by zombies. They all decide to break into the nearby Crossroads shopping mall. Do you think Westfield owns them now? Um, yes, exactly. Yes. Excuse me, do you have a Louboutin? <laughs> <laughs> do 
do you have a a, a Christian Dior? Do you have a clay? Clay? <laughs> a clay? A mew mew? <laughs> a Gucci? <laughs> a, Gu- <laughs> a Gucci? Versace? Okay. As they get inside, a group of zombies chase after them and they narrowly escape the attack. Inside the mall, Michael and Andre make sure the building is secure, but Michael ends up fighting off a zombie janitor, which is feeding on a victim. The fight ends with Michael impaling him through the head with a broken croquet mallet. The rest of the group fight off a security guard zombie. The scuffles result in Ludo getting a minor bite wound and Kenneth getting a cut on his arm. They take the elevator to a different floor and meet three living security guards. CJ, played by Michael Kelly, Bart, played by Michael Barry, and Terry, played by Kevin Zegers. Woo! That was hard, girl. Oh my god, and you nailed it. the names are like, yeah. I was like, Belly, Barry, Terry, Carrie. <laughs> Michael B- Michael Kelly, Michael Barry, and Michael Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah, they're all in there. Okay. <laughs> wait, that's hilarious. Michael, wait. CJ, Michael Kelly, Bart, Michael Ma- Barry, Terry, Kevin Zegers. <laughs> Flexing their power and advantage, CJ asks them all to give up their weapons in exchange for refuge. Everyone watches the news broadcast of the growing zombie apocalypse. A cop, played by Tom Savini, is being interviewed and instructs everyone to shoot the zombies in the head and burn the bodies if you can. CJ, Terry, and Bart secure the mall by killing off the zombie security guard and the janitor's victim. They head up to the mall's roof to dispose of bodies and paint SOS signs. There, they meet another survivor, Andy, played by Bruce Bone, who is <laughs> who is stranded alone in his gun store across the mall's zombie-infested parking lot. Oh, oh my god. This is the perfect place to seek refuge, I'm telling you. The mall. I mean, nowadays, with everything that went on with COVID and Amazon being, like, our mall now, malls aren't as hot as they used to be. Like, I go into our local mall, and I'm like, what are these stores? They're, like, made up. Literally, I'm like, fashion for you? What is this? (laughs) Genuine. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know about that, girl. Yeah, Angel. Like, what are these stores? (laughs) Yeah, shoes for you. (laughs) Shoes for less. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Not even pay less. Shoe stores. Shoes for less. less. (laughs) I know, yeah. Malls are not the place to be anymore. But in 2004, they were all the rage. Mall culture was still popping. Yes. Okay, there's there's a scene in here. We meet our characters, right? Michael. He's kind of like boring. Literally, the two of them together are like <laughs> boil they're like boiled chicken. Literally. Two, two boiled chickens. And white bread lathered in miracle whip. Yes. Who cast them? I don't know. I do boggles my mind. I will be complaining about this a lot more later. Plant the seeds now. I mean, I feel like the the, the beginning of the section is like I, I'm like, is this a, a nod to Night of the Living Dead? I mean, we have a scared white woman. We have a very strong black man with a gun. I mean, it really. is sort of following the same trajectory where she's sort of following this man who's helped, you know, set to protect this woman, you know, which yeah. is, you know, an unfortunate trope. Yes. You know, we're we're following her journey, her bland journey, when there are obviously much more dynamic characters around her. 
Yes, uh, yes. It is what horror noir talked about, where our black characters are here, and but they give them so much character. They're so fleshed out in this movie, but they're yeah. not our focus, which is so bothersome, because I actually right. find um, Kenneth and Andre the two black characters of this film to be the most compelling characters. They are. Andre's storyline is super compelling and like Kenneth, like the way he interacts and connects with all of those around him and they really look to him as their leader. Right. And his, his relationship with Andy, I think is the most compelling relationship in the whole movie. Yes. I'm like, this boggles my mind. Yeah. Because we have Andre over here and so he has his pregnant wife, which high stakes, that is high stakes situation. They have a young family trying to, you know, turn their lives around and bring this baby into the world in a zombie apocalypse. That's really compelling. Yeah, it is. But is there like, okay, is this a weird question? But is there any significance to her being Russian? No. I even took out the part (laughs) in the synopsis that said, and his Russian wife. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? She just happens to be Russian, the actress. I know, because they named her Luda. But then I'm like, I'm sure that was just because they cast her. They The character's original name is probably Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> L- L- Linda. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> it's just very random that he has this random Russian wife. But I guess it doesn't matter. I know. And then they also have, like, Michael, who's, like, Australian. Yeah, I was like, is he supposed to be, or is that just a bad accent? Oh, what if he's really Australian and you're just, like, making fun of the way he talks? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe is the character Australian or is he supposed to be American with a bad accent? Oh, I see what you mean. I think he's bad. (laughs) He's a bad actor too. Yeah, maybe. I've never seen him in anything else. Um, Exactly. (laughs) I am trying to figure out. So they get to this mall, right? And they're like, okay, secure the area. And Michael comes across this zombie and he has this like, you know, rock hard, um, crowbar just ready to swing that shit at somebody and he puts it down to pick up a croquet mallet are those comparable i don't know maybe one's more with like the mallet part of it maybe it's more force you know i don't know he wanted to be miss harley quinn yes exactly yeah he wanted to be the the bitch on your shirt right now i'm wearing miss harley quinn and you're wearing catwoman i know yes we we are so cute we're rocking our DC Femme Fatales today. Yes. Gotham City Sirens. Yes! Service. I love them. Where's our <laughs> Ivy shirt? We need an Ivy shirt. Um, I know. I once got crowbarred in the hand and I still have a scar on my hand. So, I mean. Oh my God. Th- that sounds horrible. Yeah, during Rent. During Rent. Do you remember when this happened? We were taking apart the set and and Rob uh, was like doing something and and went like that and then the back of the crowbar smashed my hand did you throw a diva fit i said "Ah!" (laughs) i said i will i'm out of (laughs) here yeah oh my god okay so we've been saying zombies a lot in the synopsis but not once do they ever refer to these monsters as zombies in this movie yeah well there's something really interesting and i and i was going to bring this up earlier and i think that the hardest part about understanding these movies sometimes is that we live in a world where we know what zombies are 
It seems like in this world, they've never, they don't have a concept of zombies. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, do these characters exist in a world where that term doesn't exist, where they don't, I don't have think it, movies like I don't think Living it, Dead? I don't think it does. They're not, it, yeah, they're not aware that zombies exist. The monsters from the movies, like this is uh, like yeah. a zombie apocalypse. I feel like they would have mentioned that. Yeah, but they never do. So they're they're very they're very much like confused by. They're like, oh my god, what are they? Are they in? They don't know like the the tropes of like being bitten or anything like that, or how zombies spread their whatever, or how this is even spreading. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah. Like, oh my god, this is like a virus. Like, they kind of hint, and they don't even say that. I think that's just like on the back of the DVD. Well, yeah, and Zack Snyder is infamous for being interviewed and saying that, oh, it's not a virus. Oh, okay. and, he, and he's like, he's like, it's uh, it's more of like vampires. And so his explanation for this movie is that this is not scientific. This is supernatural. What? I know. Isn't that crazy? His explanation is that these are more like vampire bites and that's how it's spreading as opposed to being like a medical, you know, reason why or like a scientific virus. I'm going to say no, Zach. That's not it. It's yeah, a like, virus because no, yeah, vampires are sexy. We've already established this. Vampires are sexy. Zombies are not. <laughs> I know. No, these are not sexy. Um, we have some sexy also, vampires on our Instagram. Oh, Yes. Can I suck your blood? <laughs> Balls. Your baloner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then, so then Luda, she gets bitten in the arm. Yeah. And, and then doesn't say shit. She doesn't say shit, but also, like, they don't even know that it. this is what's causing it at this point. Right. So it's like, and they also don't exist. They exist in a world without zombie movies, so they don't, they're not even... Um, yeah. remotely aware. I'm going to admit this right now. I've never seen the original 1978 film. Neither have I. Okay, sorry, so everybody. I'm sorry. So sorry. But you know what? It doesn't matter because we wouldn't even be talking about it. But I will say Tom Savini uh, was in, did the effects, obviously, the makeup effects for 1978 and also played the motor, the motorcycle gang leader in that movie. So... Tom Savini gives instructions on how to kill the zombies. So these are like some rules, right? You shoot them in the head or cut off their head and you burn the bodies. Shooting them in the head seems very effective. Like, it doesn't seem like they come to life after that. But also, cutting their heads off isn't going to do anything. I think that's what he actually says. And that's not going to do anything because there's later they have that scene where they open that ice chest and there's a head in it screaming. <laughs> Camp. Camp. Camp, <laughs> Camp mama. <laughs> I'm a gross severed head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm a gross, scary severed head. <laughs> Oh my god. <gasps> and then they run into these security guards on like a total power trip. Like who oh died and made them the king of the mall? I know. CJ is taking his security mall duties a right, little right. too seriously. Also his lines are extremely bogus. Like yes, he's ex- he's exuding this like toxic masculinity yeah. and whatnot, but, but but it's the way his lines are actually written. Like the plan is you drink a nice tall glass of shut the fuck up. Like, that is Ooh, so bad. That writing uh, is horrible. And words then, can hurt like a fist. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> to Kenneth, he says, you can take your ass over to the Quality Inn if it's still there, Shaq. Shaq? Uh, quality Inn? Oh, my. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Gross. Um, I'm like, these, these lines are terribly written. 
yeah and i don't get like the problem with having more people there like isn't there like strength in numbers like or uh, it must it has to be that they're on some like unhinged power trip yes because he's like we you know we we want to make sure we we uh let the right ones in it's just all the right ones what do you mean by that what do you but mean the like... white ones <laughs> <laughs> stupid bitch <laughs> there's no there, there's no law in the land anymore and honestly no. i would kill cj immediately uh, off top first chance off top. <laughs> get the fuck out of yeah. my way yeah like you're not gonna stand between me and all these other people because you got a problem okay this is so disgusting what i'm about to tell you I think that the male cast is so hot. You have Daddy Ding, Mackay, Kevin Zegers, but also I'm kind of here for dirty, trashy, balding 70s porn star Michael Kelly as CJ. Oh, me too. He's, right? There's his, something hot about him. I thought you were going to like. like some, oh, like no, 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 no. I was, I was fully thinking the same thing while watching the movie. I was like, uh, he's also kind of hot. He's also kind of hot until he takes that hat off. Keep the keep the hat on, but oh my god, those arms! Like when they were like all oily and yes, like muscly. and that stash, like, that like seventies vibe, the handlebar. Mm. Oh my god, let me grab those handles. I'm loving that. Yes, I'm so yeah, glad no, we he, agree. He, yes, no, he was definitely. I was like, Ooh, okay, I can get down with CJ. Kill him, or yeah, fuck Mary, kill CJ. <laughs> yeah, kill him and then fuck him. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Oh my god. Morbid. Uh, we're what's going to hell? <laughs> Kenneth got a cut on his arm and so Miss Anna, you know, she's the nurse, so she's she gives him these stitches. Did you read this fact about these stitches? I did. Miss nurse. They had this real life nurse come and do the close-ups of Anna stitching uh, Kenneth back together. And I guess Zack Snyder was calling out this direction as he was filming the He's all shots. deeper. Deeper, deeper. And so she thought go deeper which I'm I would have thought too and so she goes deeper and she sewed the prosthetic onto Ving Rhames arm (laughs) (laughs) that is horrible and he sat there and took it oh and then we're introduced to Andy yet another character so basically we're now getting like half of our survivor cast like the ones that are going to be fighting for their lives for the rest of the movie including Andy who I feel the most heart felt about because he's by himself over there in his store but i think that this is so brilliantly done this like communication between them like communicating through these like big whiteboards yeah and uh but like also knowing that like the joy he probably felt knowing that there are other survivors that he at least could talk to and um you know he's not alone in this situation Right. What I did read was that on the DVD, apparently, there's like a whole, like, version, not oh, version, but like a yes. bunch of scenes. His filmed. lost footage. Yes, his like lost footage, and from what I have read, it's way better written than anything in this film. <laughs> I, I, I've watched it once because I actually have this movie on DVD, like the original release of the DVD. I have it if you want it. <laughs> It's the unrated director's cut. So I wasn't even (laughs) sure what was different from like what we're discussing. But uh, yes, it's on there. And I've seen it once and I remember it being pretty scary. But, you know, it's just him documenting what's what's been happening to him on his side of the fence. 
they said the writing is like way better than anything in this movie that it's actually really heartfelt and you see like the struggle with his like divorce or so, I don't know there's some crazy things so if you have the DVD make sure to rewatch that because apparently it's very interesting it's intriguing yeah yeah and how embarrassing for them that a special feature bonus is better written than yeah. the actual movie <laughs> it's all it's all Dawn of the Dead 24% <laughs> however bonus feature the lost tapes of Andy <laughs> 89% fresh. Certified <laughs> fresh. <laughs> certified fresh. <laughs> no, this movie actually does have a good Rotten Tomato score. So. Oh, yeah. It's like a 73. It's pretty good for a horror movie, oh. especially when yeah. it's like zombies, cash, you know, run of the mill. Old. Let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As the night ends, CJ watches a televangelist played by Ken Foray on TV explaining that hell is full and Satan is sending the dead back to Earth because we're having sex out of wedlock, having abortions and gay sex, and allowing same-sex marriage. He finishes his theory by saying, when there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the Earth. (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) And here we are. The next morning, a delivery truck arrives at the mall carrying an assortment of people. The driver, Norma, played by Jane Eastwood. Jerkish, Steve, played by Ty Burrell. Working man, Tucker, played by Boyd Banks. Elderly Glenn, played by R.D. Reed. Bougie Monica, played by Kim Poirier. Bitten Frank, played by Matt Frewer. And his teen daughter, Nicole, played by Lindy Booth. And an anonymous and severely injured obese woman. Is she? Is it like? It, does this actress not have a name? I guess she doesn't. It's actually played by a man. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still don't have his name. <laughs> CJ refuses to let them in, but is overpowered by the rest of the group, including Terry, who ushers in the new group of refugees. Zombies run after the group as they enter the mall. Kenneth fights them off, and everyone makes it safely into the mall. As Anna tends to the injuries of the newcomers, they reveal that they come from Fort Pastor, which has been overrun by zombies and no help is coming. Shortly after, the obese woman dies, reanimates, and is killed by Anna, who thrusts a metal fireplace poker into her eye. The group determines that bites are how the zombies multiply their numbers. Andre quickly rushes to Luda, deciding to hide the fact that she's been bitten. Anna and Michael argue about what to do with the rapidly deteriorating Frank. Michael wants to kill him, but Anna insists they wait it out to see if the theory is right. They decide to isolate him in a store with Kenneth standing guard, allowing him every single second before expiring. Michael and Anna achieve an awkward reconciliation, which is interrupted by Kenneth's shotgun blast as he destroys Frank's reanimated body. Though the mall provides many material distractions and the survivors begin pairing off romantically, Anna and Michael, Terry and Nicole, Steve and Monica, the undead surround the mall in ever-increasing numbers. Andy and Kenneth develop a bond from a distance playing chess and a game where Kenneth and the other mall survivors shoot zombie celebrity lookalikes. This is some dumb shit we would do. <laughs> I know. As the mall survivors bond over a group dinner, the power goes out. Michael, CJ, Bart, and Kenneth enter the underground parking garage to turn on the emergency generator. As they slowly make their way across the garage, they find a friendly dog, played by Blue, who appears unharmed and not infected. They question this when a zombie suddenly jumps out and bites Bart, which attracts more zombies and forces the group to flee. 
While trying to avoid the horde, Michael and Kenneth reach the generator compartment and CJ joins them when Bart is overwhelmed and killed by the zombies. They eventually work together to douse the zombies with gasoline and set them ablaze. Okay, I'm just going to start right off the top. The tele-evangelist. Given the fact that we never get an explanation that these are zombies, given the fact that we never get an explanation as to how this is spreading or why, or the fact that this is the only explanation we get (laughs) as to what's happening (laughs) is that when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And why is this happening? Well, because there are abortions and... Equal rights, apparently, like gay, yeah, like, gay marriage and sex before marriage, and all this stuff. Like everyone was attacked for this. So <laughs> this is just well, like ju- what? Yeah, this is like so insane that this. I mean, obviously, we're I like, are we supposed to look at this and be like, oh, this is That's obviously exactly crazy? Why? Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, like we're supposed to be watching this going like oh my god this man is absolutely nuts and this is where this is how I guess the the you know uh, extremist Christians are viewing this of course they can't take it, responsibility for anything it's always everybody else's fault it's the gay right. people's fault it's abortion's always. fault you know it's the the Bible it's weird know, mind through the Bible it's the the actual like is this what they're actually trying to say is this what they're peddling is this the story they're going with i know and that's what i'm saying is this movie a conservative anti-gay film should the televangelist words be considered the gospel of the filmmakers like what are we supposed to believe here because no explanation nothing else this is it and it's even the tagline for the movie when there's no more room in hell the the dead will walk the earth and so apparently everyone who's ever had sex outside of marriage anyone who's had gay sex abortions and um just gay people overall uh, they're going to hell everyone's going to hell well i mean didn't wait now that i think about it didn't james gunn come under a lot of fire for like really homophobic tweets <gasps> oh, um, let do the investigation let, because that hold on, i'm pretty sure that question. was a huge deal yeah he was fired from guardians of the galaxy 3 over offensive tweets Let's see what they say. What did he say? What did he fucking call us, that bitch? <laughs> Scooby-Doo <Yeah>. bitch. <laughs> oh. <gasps> Trying to figure out the most disgusting feature of Vegas. These tranny-rific Rita Rudner <gasps> billboards or all the Ed Hardy clothing? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. Uh, not that. What a word. Well, yeah, wow. Like, uh, the Expendables was so manly, I fucked the shit out of the little pussy boy next to me. The boy... What? Are you even saying? Bro? Ew! What? That is so nasty. Yeah. What is he saying? I'm. Oh, but I guess he's like. Oh, I'm very different than a few years ago. Oh yeah. Past, so I've apologized. Of hu- my humor of mine that hurt people. I've apologized, and you know, for the record, when I made these shocking jokes, I wasn't living them out. I know it's a weird statement to make. It seems obvious, but still, here I am saying it. Anyways, that's completely honest truth. I used to make a lot of offensive jokes. I don't anymore. I don't blame my past self for this, but I like myself more and feel like a more full human being and creator today. Love you. Love you to you all. Okay. Shut up, bitch. I think that he's full of shit, and I think that he wrote this in there on purpose. He wrote this part. Yeah. <laughs> like, now I now that I fucking think of it, like, Whoa. James yeah. Gunn, you piece That's of That's what I'm shit. saying. I'm like, there's nothing about a virus. There's nothing about uh, vampires. There's nothing about the, anything. This is the only explanation we get. And it's like, oh, okay. 
And then Bart calls Terry a faggot for wanting a mocha latte with foam. Oh my god, not a faggot over some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even iced coffee. But shout out to legendary actor, horror royalty, Ken Forey. He was in the original movie as Peter, and the character Kenneth has actually a lot of inspiration from the Peter character, which maybe why his name is Kenneth, Ken, Kenneth. So... I guess this is natural. You have a big group of people in this mall hiding out, right? I guess it's just going to become natural that people start pairing up and having sex, making love. Mm. Are they? Is that natural? I mean, I guess, why not? If you're going to die, you might as well go out fucking. Go out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but I'm like, the Monica and Steve one, I'm like, ew, oh God. Ew. Especially because apparently they cut out a lot of Monica's character. All she's doing is fucking and having blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. As they all I do. Know. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I finally see myself represented on <laughs> <laughs> They cut out so much of her part too. She has the one scene in particular where she talks to the character of Nicole and she says, you know, some bitchy one-liners to her about not helping later on. And they cut it out because they didn't want her character to be come across too bitchy. And I'm like, why? Because she's the hero? <laughs> yeah, what, what, like, what are you talking about? We don't want her to be a bitch. We want her to be a slut. <laughs> I'm telling you, James Gunn, you motherfucker. Because the way she's getting railed on this fucking countertop is just, I mean... Oh my god! By Ty Burrell of all people. Actually, I like Ty Burrell, but I do probably, too. I don't. I think he gives one of the greater performances in this movie. Yeah, he's great because he, he's an asshole, so he can be an asshole, but she can't be a bitch. She can't be a bitch. No, she's this. She's a, a bougie slut, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, <laughs> like me, just like me. So this is where we get more of. Um, backstory with Andre and his you know we get this is where we get like the redemptive arc sort of situation yes. where you know the oncoming parenthood is uh, a really a changing time in his life it's like a, yes. a turning point and I and you know I think that's really that's really nice and um, but also sounds like a very straight perspective <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really yeah. love that storyline uh, for him because he's really devoted to Luda and they're so excited about that. This is an unfortunate circumstance that they've been placed in. And again, to me, they have the most compelling storyline. I wish they would have started off with them uh, so that yeah. they could have been our leads. I'm not saying that Luda is the greatest actress either, but maybe that's the know. same as Luda. I don't think they have any chemistry, but their story they don't, is. They don't. Oh, and then we meet um, Glenn, who is our gay character. Um, he later admits, and he starts cross-dressing, of course, with the clothes from the mall. Is this not in your version? No. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, so I guess this I was is... Like, oh, here we go. I'm literally like, what You're lost. You I, I was about? looking at your face, I'm like, he's not following me. Okay, I guess this is part of the perks of having the DVD of the unrated director's cut, because Miss Glenn, unrated. you know the one that they show with the high heel on later, the old man? Yeah. Um, he admits to being gay and they have CJ and Bart like locked up right and right. he's like standing at the door watching them undress for bed and he's like talking about how he grew up gay and da 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 and CJ's like shut the fuck up and they're all annoyed and I'm like oh my god uh, I'm telling you girl this movie is homophobic <laughs> this movie is homophobic I wow and we're doing it here on Fear the Talking <laughs> Queers. <laughs> oh 
Oh my god, that is crazy. This is all... Wow, this movie is very problematic. They're like, gay people are annoying, they need to shut the fuck up, and they're the reason this is all happening. So now we're gonna give you a montage of what couples should look like. Yeah. Anna and Michael, Terry and Nicole looking at the stars, Monica and Steve fucking like pigs, like, ew. (laughs) I know, yeah. Andre and Luda procreating <laughs> wow that's anti-gay as all over my notes for this section i i didn't realize that at first but now but now that we're talking about it like it's yeah. all it's all hitting me but speaking of a romantic interest it's funny that um nicole and terry become romantically involved because lindy booth and kevin Zegers also played love interests in wrong turn as francine and evan oh wow starring How eliza dushku <laughs> <laughs> Lindy Booth is a little bit of a scream queen, so shout out to her. Wrong turn, Cry Wolf. Wow, yeah, she's the early. She had the early two thousands by the balls. Who knew? Oh yeah. Um. So we have this scene with this very disgusting woman. They make her really disgusting looking, and then she pops up, and she starts running towards Anna, stabs her right in the face. Anna, nurse, zombie slayer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I now she like. Anna, she's starting to figure it out. And, you know, yeah. she's like, I think they're the bites that are the problem. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, okay, good. Good on her for being observational. So then this brings into question the, you know, the moral dilemma of, uh, what's the dad's name? Frank. Yes, Frank, who has been bitten and thinks it's no big deal. But now they've realized that, oh, it's the bites that are the problem. And then this is kind of weird. This like this fight that Anna has with with Michael, and yeah, because she's like, "No, don't do it." And he's like, "He, he we, we, he's I, gonna die." I also I feel like their tension was supposed to was written into the script, but not necessarily acted out well amongst these actors because I feel like. Michael is supposed to be more assertive, a little more dominant. You know, he really takes the helm in a lot of these situations. Like, he's like, no. But I feel like he was supposed to be a little bit more demanding. Like, well, we have to kill him. That's it. Like, and I think that that Jake Weber is just playing this really, like, he's kind of, like, weak in a way. So I'm like, I don't think it's coming across as, like, a strong character. Like, it's supposed to be playing. Yeah, he doesn't... Yeah, they're... Their argument seems really strange. I also, it's like, girl. I would have said, shut up, wimp. I don't know. Yeah. I, who who do you side with? Do you side with her or do you side with him? I feel like it's a tough situation to be in because you don't 100% know. Yeah, I mean, but, that's true. I mean, I, but I think they did the right like, thing. Like, wait it out, just see. And as soon as we see that he's coming back for blood, shoot him. All right. Fine. All right. I guess that's true. I'm like, do you know what? At this point, like, when there's no choice, it is what it is. You know, you got to think of the greater good. But I guess you're right. They had the capability of oh, letting so you him agree live with until Ms. his Michael. Yeah. Oh, is that bad? <laughs> um, we... I feel like I'm supposed to side with her, but also I'm like, I mean, it's jumping. But the maybe gun. it's just because but I what know if it for were a fact. You, or what if it were but your I... partner? Right. I mean, I know. I, I understand <laughs> the dilemma. But also, I'm coming from a place of knowing for a fact that the bite is what 
spreads, <laughs> spreads exactly. the whatever. I think it's and the, they're the still... idea of not knowing. Like, they're not 100% sure. Maybe let's let him right. die, bleed out. That's kind of the most horrific part of it, is that let's make him suffer first, and so we can see if he comes back to life. I don't know. Oh, whatever. I, I would probably kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can kill him. Whatever. So you mentioned that the second most compelling storyline was, uh, well, to you, I guess it's the first, but between Kenneth bonding with Andy. Um, yeah, I like this one. And I think it's because Kenneth needs someone to care about. Like, uh, originally, his mission was clear. Fuck everybody that's starting to follow me. I'm going to Fort Pastor to meet my brother. And when he finds out that Fort Pastor has been destroyed by the zombies, he gives up a little bit, like, as far as, like, leaving the mall. And he finds friendship in Mr. Andy across the way. And I think that that is really nice when he settles in and forms his friendship with Andy. Because he does seem to be able to connect with everybody on a mutual respect level. Which not everybody has for each other. Yeah, he's very cordial with the entire cast. But it's something special that he builds with Andy. And I think it's because... Maybe Andy's taking the role of his brother in his head. Someone to care about. You know, I think that just makes him a really compassionate character and like a genuine protector. They play fun games like chess and um, celebrity lookalike, which I think is a really funny like... But this, the references are, like, a little dated now. Like, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Jay Leno. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody that looks like Jay Lo out there. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's only one we... That's only Jay Leno we know. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Uh, it's funny. But also, you get to see a little bit more detail in the zombies when, you know, they use binoculars to, to look down... The special makeup effects artist is named David Leroy Anderson, and with Zack Snyder, they broke down the zombies into three stages based on the three acts of the movie. So stage one, in the beginning, with uh, Vivian and Anna's husband, Lewis, where they look like emergency room victims, they say. Like, they're fresh, you know, they just got their injuries, they're bleeding, there's blood. Um, And then we get to this point, which uh, is like act two of this movie. And this is stage two where the zombies lose their color. Their wounds have dried up. They're more flaky looking, which is what is happening here. And later we see the zombies get to stage three. It's like all out grossness, skin falling off, walking infections. Oh, gross. So I thought that's kind of cool to like see the evolution of that. Of the decay. Species. Yeah. Of the decay. Disgusting. All right, and then they, they're all bonding, they're all doing their thing, and then the lights go out. And so we get the men folk, and they go into the basement. <laughs> this is where they meet the dog, Blue. Oh, my I favorite know. character. Well, his name is Chips, but the actor's name is Blue. Okay, let me give you um, my biggest moment here is the stunt double with no legs climbing on those pipes. That oh, is yeah. so scary. And that stunt man name is Dave Campbell, and he actually has no legs. Nice. But tons of upper body strength. Totally. Well, I'm sure he still has the leg that we really care about. The third leg. I'm <laughs> sure he still has it. <laughs> I didn't read nothing about that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is this when we get you know we get a little action moment here. Feels, yeah. You know they're like, easing us into what this movie's turning into. Which is more, I would say, leaning into like action than yeah. horror at this point. Yes. Um, and yeah, they they have this 
they got shoot out with these zombies that attack them and then they set them ablaze but we also lose one of our horribly obnoxious security guards along the way so he's probably the worst one because not he's not just the dominant alpha male like CJ became all of a sudden. He's like the lapdog. He's like the, the sniveling little like henchman. He's, he's the Smee to Captain Hook or the yeah, the, ew, um, LeFou to Gaston. You know, <laughs> the LeFou. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, no, they're absolutely. worse than the villains. Sometimes. Yeah, and then that's what he gets for thinking that CJ was his friend when he just leaves his ass to get torn up by the zombies. Yeah, bye, Bart homophobic bitch yeah should we move on let's do it andre faced with the fact that luda will soon die sinks totally into denial and has his heavily pregnant and infected wife tied to a bed norma checks on the couple discovering the zombie luda and the demented andre clutching a small bundle of blankets how dare this synopsis call him demented he is doing (laughs) what he should be doing as a devoted husband and father no, no, no. He's crazy in this scene. <laughs> in what world does he think that that baby is going to be normal? Punching through her fucking stomach. It's like, break. I don't know about this blue baby. You need to put it back. <laughs> put it back. In. It's, not, it's not done baking. Put it back. Oh, my God. Norma, Norma shoots Luda, causing Andre to snap completely. They exchange more gunfire and both are killed. Anna arrives on the scene and opens the bundle to reveal their baby was infected and born a zombie. She pulls her revolver and a single shot rings through them all. At an impromptu memorial for Andre's family, Kenneth says anything is better than sitting around waiting to die. The remaining mall dwellers thus plot to fight their way to the local marina and from there travel out on Steve's small yacht to an island in Lake Michigan. Ah. Ooh, glamour. glamour! Now we're getting the camp, Mama. <laughs> yes, now, now this movie's starting to, you know, perk up for me. They reinforce two small shuttle buses from the parking garage, removing the seats, welding on a snowplow, attaching metal bars and floodlights, stringing barbed wire, played by Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> But they're attaching her to the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, she's the fucking airbag. (laughs) (laughs) Boarding up the windows and cutting slits for the deployment of weapons. Chainsaws, propane tanks, and other supplies are also loaded on board as Nicole bonds with the dog from the garage and lovingly names him Chips. Girl, pick a, if you don't fucking pick up one of those welding fucking things, yeah. <laughs> get over here. Literally. She's just spray painting teeth on the snowplow. I was like, she really thought she did something spraying painting, spray painting <laughs> yeah. that shit. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Andy is starving and will not have the strength to join the escape and contribute much needed ammunition. Since the zombies aren't attacking animals, they strap a pack of food to Chips and lower him into the parking lot in a sling. Chips makes it safely to the gun shop and is let in via a slot in the door. However, the zombies notice and push their way into the shop as well. Gunshots are heard as everyone panics. Michael radios Andy and they learn he was bit. They decide not to tell him his fate. Meanwhile, Nicole takes Norma's delivery truck and barges her way into the gun store to save Chips. They see Andy on the roof and he has now turned zombie. They radio Nicole to find a place to hide. Kenneth, Michael, CJ, Terry, and Tucker 
gather their meager weapon supply and go into the sewers, while Steve is assigned guard duty on their exit door. They quietly make their way onto the street, and the zombies notice and attack. The group manages to shoot them off and make it into the shop. Nicole and Chips are trapped in a closet where Andy is trying to get to them. With remorse, Kenneth unfortunately has to shoot and kill Andy. They now stock up on weapons and ammunition. A detonated propane tank is used to clear a path back to the sewers, but the zombies pursue them. Tucker falls into the sewer while scuffling with the zombies and breaks his leg. Despite CJ's desperate attempts to pull him to safety, the zombies make their way into the sewer and attack Tucker, who forces CJ to shoot him dead out of mercy. All right. Okay. What an so action-packed sequence. It is, and it all starts with this morbid children's store where Andre has... Pulled that baby out of his wife's cooch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and he had that scene earlier where he confides in Kenneth that this baby was inspiring him to turn his life around. So these choices that he makes make sense, even though he's going kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's portrayed as like kind of becoming unhinged. Like he's so desperate to like save this baby. But maybe he wanted to see if the baby could come out normal. Which is insane, considering the fact that this baby is literally punching through her stomach. What baby does that? What baby has ever done that? But, you know, now that all of this has happened with his character, it makes sense that Kenneth is feeling this sense of hopelessness that causes them to make this plan to get out. So I really like the transition of, again, these connections that Kenneth has with these people are inspiring him to keep going, inspiring him to, you know... I guess in a way, yeah. Give keep, that keep feed into yeah. the redemptive arc that Andre has, um, yeah. and keep going and find a way out. So I love Kenneth as this group's leader and how other people around him inspire his courage. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't forget the shootout between Andre and little old lady Norma. Oh, Miss Norma <laughs> was not fucking playing with her shotgun. She smoked hella cigarettes too. Like Miss Norma was. <laughs> was there she was a jaded old woman and she shot Luda dead and you know what as she should that is a monster now Maury so you gotta gotta get her out of here but uh, it's sad that she and Andre have this shootout instead of trying to like you know maybe talk him out of it or you know but it's unfortunate it's sad because I also liked Norma as a character so I wish she would have hung out a little bit longer I know but I also liked Andre and I would have I would have liked to I wish they wouldn't have written his character that way. I, w- I wanted to see him at the end of this uh, movie. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, because it seems like we're we're like following this character who who has who's gaining a, a really strong moral compass, right? Yeah. And then for him to just all of a sudden become unhinged and <sighs> shooting people who who are on his side, it, it's just like, oh, well, that's a kind of a disappointing way to have this character go i thought we were going to be rooting for him to change his life around and said he goes crazy and shoots his allies and it's like oh god well all right whatever okay there must be a sears in that mall because they came up on the supplies bitch the they put this truck together faster than cindy campbell put that bulldozer together in scary movie (laughs) too it is crazy Seriously. The song that's playing during it, like during this like montage of them putting together this this truck. It's like, <laughs> look guys, like isn't survival a blast? <laughs> <laughs> Andy's not gonna make it. He's like, I can't wait five days. Like I'm fucking starving. 
There's yeah. no food at the gun shop, of course. So they send the dog. They figure out that the zombies, for some reason, aren't attracted to dogs like they are humans. So the dogs are safe, which I love. You know what? Save the dogs. Let them take yeah. over the world and let the humans die off. Um, oh my god, good idea. Everyone thinks Nicole is silly for going after her dog. But I feel like I would have done the same thing. Well, first of all, I would never put my dog down there. What would have been your solution to feeding Andy? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck him. That's your problem. Well, I mean, all right. That's fine. Apparently, Christina Aguilera, um, I don't know who she ran into. I don't know where this quote came from. But Christina Aguilera, <laughs> I'm assuming, saw Ms. Lindy Booth at the Dawn of the Dead premiere back in 2004 and reportedly <laughs> said that that was the most realistic thing in the movie was her <laughs> going after the dog because she said she would have done the same thing. Wow. <laughs> she said, ah! oh, Lindy Booth, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that was it, girl. I'm like, not the realest thing in the movie, but go off, sis. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, unfortunately, gets bit. He dies really fast and comes back. I know. Well, it's like, oh shit, well, this plan backfired <laughs> because all the zombies got in. Yes, and then they all have to go across the street, which I feel like is really scary because we have spent so much time now with these characters being separated that now we're seeing them go onto the street. So for me, I do feel the tension in this, like, yeah, of me, like, good. waiting to see what they're what's going to come of them when they get out onto that street. And Kenneth has to shoot Andy, and that sucks. Would you rather be shot or live your life as a zombie? shoot me in the fucking face that always comes up they're like just shoot me because i would rather die than be but i'm like then be a mindless creature what's the difference you're still dead anyway there's not a single part of you that's alive right you're just like it's like your body is it your body i don't know is it like microorganisms like puppeteering your body or are you still trapped in there (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You're the scientist. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, zombie movies kind of portray them as like brain dead. So it almost seems like whoever made up the zombie subgenre has no belief in like faith. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what this movie was getting at. Because I'd rather be a ghost than a zombie. If you were to ask me that, <laughs> I would have said. Well, yeah, it seems like ghosts. <laughs> have a semblance of who they were in this world i don't honestly i don't feel like i would know the difference whatever and this section is the most emotional for me because two of the characters that i was really rooting for kenneth and andre have to make these tough decisions one ends up dying i'm like these were the storylines that i came for these are the storylines that were going to pull me through the disaster of this movie and you just got rid of them and 35 seconds. I know. Well, at least we still have Ken. He's the only one I'm actually rooting for. No, seriously. And CJ. Well, not really CJ. Even in this moment, like, he, he, like, you know, he's, like, lighting his propane tanks on fire and blowing up these zombies. And I'm, like, not giving CJ a redemptive arc. This piece of shit who was so horrible to them. Chained them up. Kept them, you know, like... Said horrible things. Separated. Yeah, said horrible things about them. And now he he's getting a redemptive arc wow uh, yeah no yeah good arms or not he does not deserve a the redemptive arc, arc. Yes. yeah okay Thanks to Steve's negligence, the zombies force open the exit door and chase the survivors into the elevators. The survivors pile into the buses and smash out into the parking lot where another propane bomb is used to clear a path through the waiting horde. 
Through the rearview window, Kenneth notices a zombie hanging onto the bus. Glenn grabs a chainsaw to take out the hitchhiker, but Kenneth takes a hard swerve to try and throw the zombie. Just then, Glenn loses his balance and falls into Monica, sending the chainsaw slashing into her shoulder. Girl, more homophobia. Apparently, gays can't handle power tools. Yeah, wow, okay. And sluts get sawed in half by... (laughs) Yeah, this movie's derailing. Yeah, literally. The resulting splatter of blood covers the windshield, causing driver Kenneth to lose control and crash. Glenn and Monica are killed. Instead of helping Kenneth and CJ, Steve flees the toppled bus and is attacked by the hitchhiking zombie. The others scramble for the second bus, but not before coming face-to-face with zombie Steve. Anna shoots him dead, then must linger long enough to get the boat keys off his corpse, allowing more zombies to catch up with them. Anna flees back to the bus where Michael helps her in. After a short struggle, they pull away and speed to the marina dock where they crash the bus and dash for the boat. Cornered in the bus by their pursuers, CJ detonates a final propane tank blowing up the vehicle, the zombies, and himself. The remainder of the group gets on the boat except for Michael. He was bitten while helping Anna. Anna pleads with him to come, and the boat sets sail with Terry, Anna, Kenneth, Nicole, and Chips. Anna watches unflinchingly as Michael draws his pistol, places it under his chin, and a final gunshot rings out over the water. The end credits roll, interspersed with video footage taken by Terry using a camera from the boat. Following a grim voyage where water, fuel, and food supplies all run low, the remaining survivors succeed in reaching an island, only to be immediately attacked by a new swarm of zombies. As the survivors attempt to retreat the boat, the camera falls to the ground and blackout, leaving their ultimate fate unknown. The end. Oh. (laughs) Okay, well, this is a really fast, action-packed finale, which is fine. I don't think we needed much more to contribute to the storyline. They threw away the most compelling parts of the story, so what do they have left? Were they going to give Monica some time to shine? (laughs) I think Anna should have died, and Monica should have risen up. (laughs) Monica and Glenn should have taken it, so the sluts and the gays could have saved the day. Yes, the people who caused it are the ones that survive. (laughs) Yeah, hello! Hello. That seems like it would have been the most appropriate way to handle this. You want to blame us, but then do you know what? We're the ones who are going to save the motherfucking day. Seriously. Speaking of Monica, okay, her death has always been funny to me because it's like out of all the ways to die, it sort of feels rushed and out of place. Like, I feel like they were like, okay, we got to kill this character off and this character off. And how are we going to do it? And at the hands of this old gay wielding a chainsaw. God. Like, I hate coincidental deaths in horror movies. This, This one is a little more believable because there's a chainsaw involved and it's a very <laughs> powerful instrument that could be wielded very sure. carelessly yeah and so i okay i get it but still it's kind of dumb like n- they can't they're not even good enough to be killed by zombies no they have to kill each other yes because they cause this is their punishment this yeah. is their punishment <laughs> yeah and then the and then it crashes and kills them we don't even see them die we just see Ms. monica buzzed through her shoulder tank top coming off you know what I'm kind of glad that we exposed this movie for the homophobia and the slut shaming that it presents because as gays and sluts <laughs> we gotta reclaim this we have to yeah, start we, over with this yeah exactly come on let's get a new dawn of the dead yes where it's the straight people's fault so yeah so now we get like I said we had a, a redemptive arc for CJ who blows himself up 
Which, good for you. Well, I think he's had a life-changing journey. Okay. He to has. Start, okay. That's to start fair. To start off as this selfish asshole who's asserting dominance, fighting for control. He even tells them at one point that he'll kill them. I'll kill anybody to, to survive. He's now become selfless to the point where he'll sacrifice himself to save the others. I think that, that I think that's a nice arc for his character. Yeah, okay, that's true. So yes, he does get a nice little redemption. Oh my gosh, I was laughing at this part when they crashed into the dock. I'm like, why did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those coincidental deaths, girl. Yeah, what are you what are you too good to use the break? Like <laughs> you just <laughs> <laughs> Nicole was like, my right painting. <laughs> <laughs> That way they can blow up the dock and all that, you know. Exactly. It's like Freddy versus Jason. Like more is more. Put some fire over here. Put some fire over there. Yeah. Make it look cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is very Zack Snyder, you know, style yeah. over substance. And then Miss Anna, she becomes like a badass now. Like look how far she's come. Like ah. from the the little suburban housewife. Not a housewife. She's a nurse, but you know, with a boring life. And now she's become <laughs> Mila Jovovich. Like. In the matter of a couple days. I know. It, okay. This is just the biggest issue that I have. We, we've been talking about it throughout. I just... Once Michael reveals to, him, to, her, to her that he's been bit, they have this big emotional departure from each other, and they treat it with such care as if we've been following these characters throughout, as if we give a shit about Michael or Anna and the uncharismatic actors who played them. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just like... The pieces of wood that play these two. <laughs> <laughs> these two scarecrows. So Michael and Anna have sort of been the voice of reason. I'm not totally convinced, though, that there are main leads, but the story seems to be treating them as such, and it's sort of confusing because aside from Anna opening this movie, I feel like there are so many characters and stories woven in that I don't feel that... That's enough for me to care about what's happening to her for the rest of the movie, including this romance that she sparks up with Michael. Who also does nothing in this movie. Not hot, not charismatic, not not anything redeeming. And there are so many great characters that are well-written in this, that are played fabulously by their actors. That Chips. Blue as chips. (laughs) Um, They seem sort of boring (laughs) to the point of, uh, why do I care about them? I think, first of all, I think... Terry and Nicole had a better romance. It's like young love yeah. sprouting in the midst of chaos after she loses her father. Hello. Um, yes. I think um, the the relationship between Luda and Andre was more compelling, even between Andy and Kenneth. And so like yeah. Andre and Kenneth feel so important to me that my, they look at, look at Michael and Anna, everybody. Wait, 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 look back over here. Look at these white people and their <laughs> fucking storyline. Ignore them. They just helped us get to this point. I hate that about this. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you made them so important and then took them away from us and gave us this. Yeah. I'm like, who not. cares? I said, why did, and why does Anna care about this man that she met five minutes ago? She was married literally just a couple days ago. Now she's like, no, Michael, you have to come because we've been so close. What the fuck? (laughs) What are you you talking about? They watched a movie together and they giggled. Oh, kiss my ass. Yeah, give me a break. (laughs) And then the movie ends. (laughs) And we see this montage of them getting onto Catalina Island. Or excuse me, this island in the middle of Lake Michigan. And, um, <laughs> and there are zombies there. So it's unfortunate. Oops. I don't think anybody made it out of there except Chips. No. So. Oh, but you know what we did get? We did get um, a shot of some bare breasts. So 
because Thank God. we needed that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just what this movie needed. My final note says, "Well, that was all for nothing." Ah! <laughs> you know, I you know who I noticed, and then it was confirmed when I read the behind the scenes stuff later. Heather Langenkamp's name comes under yeah. the, the production crew. I was like, yeah. not Miss. I put it on pause. Like, not Miss Heather Langenkamp. <laughs> yes, I remember seeing on. Uh, was it? What is it? What's that called? That documentary, Into the Darkness, or yeah, the eighties. Yes. Yeah, they had a whole, they had a whole section on her, you know, dedicated to her, and she talked about oh. how she's become part of like production crews and she does special effects makeup. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm like, okay, good for you, girl. Because Lord knows she's not acting anymore. Was she ever? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, well that um, brings us to the end of Dawn of the Dead. All right. Well, my final thoughts. Are I really <laughs> I really enjoy this movie actually. I <laughs> it has I but I think it's because it has everything that it takes to create a successful zombie movie. It has gore, scary zombies, tons of action, compelling characters fighting for survival, and sometimes the stakes do truly feel high, especially with Andre and Kenneth, like I said. They feel sometimes low, like with Anna and Michael, I have nothing going for them. <laughs> um, yeah, literally. <laughs> But I feel the intensity of the scenes and the atmosphere and the settings are great. Like, they give us the mall, the garage, the sewer, the children's store. Like, it's a great directorial debut for Zack Snyder. But I wonder what else is going on here. But sometimes the writing feels distracted, like I said, with the characters. Maybe there's just, like, too much going on that they didn't relay the stories as well as we were supposed to have received them. I don't know. Yeah. It sometimes feels like the story doesn't know where to look. And aside from it's sort of losing focus, thinking we care about Anna and Michael, I don't know. I think the char- other characters are written successfully. But yeah. and also the performances are delivered well. I think Ving Rhames is great in this. Mackay Pfeiffer is great in this. Ty Burrell is, is great in this. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like this movie is fun. And, you know, I honestly watching it, I haven't watched, I don't think I've ever fully seen this film. I've seen definitely parts of it and everything. So watching it now, like I was pretty invested. I don't think there's much character development at all, but for any character, to be honest. But the okay, ones that we yeah. do at least get a little bit of, I think you know it's nice. You know, I, like I said, we like we like the Andre character, we like the Ken character. Um, I love the Chips character. Um, <laughs> those are all the best written ones. Um, but you know, I did overall <laughs> enjoy all like the tense sequences, the action sequences. It's obviously very inspired by 28 Days Later, which had come out yeah. a couple years before. That sort of gritty feels, you know. And I think that this movie tried to recreate that by making this movie completely green. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do, I. It's not horrible. I enjoy it. It's not my favorite zombie movie, but I do think that what it does, it does successfully for the most part so my final rating and i'm gonna dock a point because of our conversation and the realizations that i had while we had it so i'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five sorry i know people like it i know people like it but i I know it is well i'm gonna be a little bit more generous i'm actually gonna give this a three out of five um I think the action, like I said, the action's great, but it's just like some weird storytelling things. And I guess, like you said, the whole homophobic thing, like, I mean, we're kind of joking, but kind of not because there is like no explanation other than 
the one that the televangelist gives us. So that's just weird to me. I just I'm 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 weary of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that that's true. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Okay, I'll give a half a point back. Three out of five. That'll be my final rating because I right. like I said there are there are fun things about it. Um, you know, unfortunately, we have some really bland quote-unquote leads i think three out of five is a very solid score for this movie yeah moving on okay so (laughs) next week we are giving you another hear the talking queers episode oh my god already i know it's that time of the month it's my time of the month yeah mine too our cycles are synced kill bill volume one Oh my god. Oh my god, Kill Bill! I'm excited to do Kill Bill because a lot of people were juiced when we released our lineup. You know, Mars Attacks, It, Dawn of the Dead. Everybody yeah. was like, Kill Bill! Kill Bill! I'm like, wow. Kill Bill! I'm excited to do Kill I'm Bill. I'm excited. This is absolutely one of my favorite fucking films ever. It's so badass. It's so good. It's so good. So join us next week for Kill Bill. But first, follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Yes, please do send us a message. And don't forget to click the link in our bio where you can find out um, what we do (laughs) in the shadows. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we do in the shadows. And also you can figure out ways on there to support us. Um, you can also go to anchor.fm slash if you're the talking queers to find out how you can support this lovely show that we have here at fear the talking queers yes and then uh, finally hey head over to apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review or any review whatever write one out and when you do let us know that you do we would love to give you a shout out give you a thank yes. you um, you know, we always appreciate the feedback. And also, you can do that on Spotify as well. Give us a five star on there. We would love to get our show out there more. So yes. um, do that for us. We would love you forever. But for now, sweet screams, bitch. Bye.